Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. We're Joseph with myself, Greg Eustiers. And now, part of the Eastern Family Podcast, we do have a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Steve Quist. He does absolutely amazing work over there with a wide variety of platforms with regards to play-by-play broadcasting. I know he's been doing a little bit of indoor football this week. He's going to be calling some college baseball for, I believe, both the Big West and the WCC. And then when it comes to college basketball season, he's always holding it down on the West Coast with ESPN's play-by-play coverage. He's going to be joining me in the second segment because he's out there in the city of San Diego. We've seen San Diego State be able to get a couple of good additions, but UC San Diego is the team that he does play-by-play for. And he've lost a couple guys, including Tony Dukach. We're going to talk about that a little bit. He's a graduate of Arizona, so we're going to be talking about him with regards to the draft decision of Dallin Terry, what has not been happening with the Pac-12. And then on top of that, Steve Lavin. He's now going to San Diego with the Terreros. They brought in some big-time transfers, so we're going to be talking about all those San Diego schools. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 in general with him. So nice, wide-ranging conversation there. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Tuesday. If you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, irritable firing, whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we had a great chat, a little bit earlier with Steve, so you're going to be hearing that next right here on Coast to Coast Seats with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the VSIN family of podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Get 
emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Soups with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now a part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest as Steve Quest does terrific work as a sportscaster, mainly with ESPN when it comes to college basketball. But I know he's done some work with the San Diego Padres in the past, and that is a team that is really having a nice season out there in baseball. And hey, we've got the baseball podcast all gassed up and going as well with that regard. But Steve, He's holding it down out there in the great city of San Diego, and it is always great to get him aboard on this podcast. As you're able to follow him on Twitter at SteveQuist1. Last name is spelled Q U I S. And Steve, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, I, hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been such a busy last two weeks that I've had to learn like 12 different teams <laughs> pretty intimately in baseball. And uh, yeah, Padres are playing well. So it'd be fun to go back and talk a little bit about the hoops that uh, should be a lot of fun. I know that you went all the way to the San Diego Strike Force as well when it comes to indoor football. So you're a man that you literally are covering a little bit of everything right now. It is very impressive to see. And it has been very impressive to see what we've gotten out of the San Diego teams here in the offseason as well. I know that the main team that you've been taking a look at the last few years is the Aztecs, and rightfully so, because that is a team that they've been able to put together a nice run. You do play-by-play when it comes to UC San Diego as well. But the Toreros, a team that I would say out of the three have gotten probably the least amount of love the last few years, I take a look at them, and their offseason has been one of the most impressive out there in all of college basketball. They bring in Steve Lavitt, which I was liking the name of the hire. I wasn't sure what we were going to be able to get, but I take a look at what they've done here in the transfer portal. 
They bring in a pair of guys of average double figures in the Pac-12 and Jaden Dallaire and Eric Williams Jr. And it's not that I think that this is going to be an NCAA tournament team right off the bat, but I take a look at where the Toreros were at this time last offseason compared to now, and they are just so much better. And I think that Steve Lavin is really building some buzz around this program. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the one thing they needed was a big name hire because they were sort of falling, you know, further and further behind not only Gonzaga, but in the San Diego market, they were starting to fall behind. You see San Diego as well. So they needed change there. You know, I love Sam. I mean, he was great. I wish it, you know, certainly would have gone well for him. But this will be good because I think, you know, I mean, Lav's got a great brand name. He hasn't been doing this for a while, right? He's been on television. But, you know, to get Marcellus Erlington to come back, who had, you know, started 29 games for him and had averaged, you know, 13 points and almost seven rebounds game. And, you know, and Eric Williams, as you mentioned, transferring in. I think this will be a lot of fun. Now, I don't think they're going to finish in the top three in the first couple of years under Lavin. But, you know, he knows his stuff and this will at least get them, you know, get a little more national brand recognition and maybe on television a few more times. And then, you know, then maybe if you can win, you know, in that league in the WCC, right, you already kind of start out. 0-4 if your schedule shows, you know, St. Mary's and Gonzaga on it, having to play them twice and maybe even, you know, 1-5 BYU on there. And so then it becomes having to sweep Pepperdine and San Francisco and Santa Clara and LMU and all that. And I think Steve's the guy that can probably lead them to an upper half finish, to be quite honest with you. Yep, I do think that San Diego is certainly on the up and up and Hey, with San Francisco winding up losing Todd Golden, although I will say they've done a terrific job of being able to reload as well. Tony Rokach, who winds coming in from UC San Diego, that's solid for them. They wind up bringing back so many pieces. They should be able to take a little bit of a step up, in my opinion. And then the other team out there in the San Diego market that has really made a lot of additions. UC San Diego, they've been not necessarily doing a ton with regards to the transfer portal. I mentioned the fact that they did wind up losing a few guys as well. So I would not be surprised if they wind up taking a look at things and maybe a little bit later on this offseason, they do wind up making a few more moves. But you take a look at San Diego State and they've got two additions that are coming in and I really like both of them. Micah Parrish is actually a guy that they beat out Michigan State for because he actually was playing yeah. out there in the state of Michigan. They wound up beating him. They wound up beating them out. Six foot five combo player that put up double figures. And then Darion Trammell, who I think you've got a little bit of familiarity with, with him being out there at Seattle, double figure scorer, Mr. Do It All for Seattle. And I take a look at San Diego State. They had a guy, Matt Bradley, last year that was doing it all. They didn't have much else. And I take a look at the outlook for the Aztecs this year, and it feels like there's going to be a little bit more balance, and I feel like that is going to be big for them just this year and moving forward because last year felt like things just wound up running a little bit too much through Bradley. I have to sort of giggle at you said making a lot of moves as if this is like a professional team. This portal is unbelievable, <laughs> is it not? 1,700 players in the portal, yeah. Uh, crazy. It's like going shopping at Target, you know, for bargains the day after Christmas, for goodness sakes, on Boxing Day. But again, a guaca rope back, which is good. He's a, been a solid contributor and a guy off the bench. And Bradley, I believe, is coming back. So he could be a All-Mountain West caliber. Well, he's an All-Mountain West caliber player, but he could be player of the year next year. You know, they lose Mensa who was strong inside. The two guys that they got, what I like about those guys are, is I love those mid-major guys because they always like to seem to want to play in a system when they go higher. I mean, I know San Diego State, even though you can't say that out here, San Diego State is a high mid-major program, but they like to sort of think that they're power five. And, and I'll tell you what, they have sort of played 
power five type of basketball. So to get, you know, these guys like Parrish that you talked about, who was at Oakland University out there in the Detroit area, right? You know, as a guard, you had Trammell, who was the guard at Seattle U. I like those guys coming in. They know how to play in systems. They just want to be a part of something much bigger than themselves. And it's always sort of those guys. As an Arizona fan, I was always like, look, instead of having Nico Mannion a couple of years ago, I'd love to have you know, the Northern Iowa point guard. I think his name was AJ Green or, you know, I saw him play a couple of times for ESPN. That was a few times ago. I'm like, that's the kind of guys that we need. And I think for San Diego State and their coaching staff, Dutch, they'll get those guys in, in that system and turn those guys into higher level players than they were at their low mid-major teams in Seattle and Oakland. Yeah, I think that it's going to be a good year for San Diego State because it's not that they're making a whole bunch of moves, but with that said, they made two very good moves, which I always do think that that's so important with regards to utilizing the transfer portal. As we do have Steve Quest joining me on the podcast, we certainly have seen some guys like Eric Musselman certainly comes to mind, and I mean, he's done a great job being able to go to the portal time and time again in terms of being able to bring in like five, six guys, get them all to be able to gel and be able to just fire on all cylinders. But I take a look at a lot of the schools that have had success in recent years. And with regards to the transfer portal usage, it's certainly one of these cases in which you have to be at the very least using it in some form or fashion. But a lot of the schools that they have been making those final four runs in recent years, it's typically a school like in North Carolina that they bring in one guy that they need, like a Brady Manic, the team that wound up winning the national championship in Kansas. They wind up being able to do a solid job bringing in Remy Martin, that one missing piece that yep. they wound up needing. And I take a look at San Diego State, and I feel like they've been doing that time and time again. Like last year, we wound up seeing with Matt Bradley. This year, we went through the two guys that they're bringing in, Darian Trammell, Micah Parrish. And I really do think that this is the way to go. Quality rather than quantity, but at the same time, not completely neglecting it like we've seen out of, let's call it what it is, a lot of schools out there in the Pac-12 this offseason. That portal just redefining how you know college basketball is played and then you know everything that's going on with the you know the name image and likeliness too and how you know all of that is working itself out it's crazy right now you know coaches at this point are probably like what what are we going to do to be able to try and navigate that but yeah you you know the Pac-12 really you haven't seen a lot there's been a lot of i think subtraction than additions you know especially like at Arizona with guys turning pro and deciding not to come back and they still have you know, Dale and Terry that they're sitting there figuring out whether or not he's going to go or not. And if, if he goes and he could go in the first round along with Coloco and Benedict Matherin, then, you know, it's another year in which Arizona would have like three guys going in the first round, which is remarkable. I wish it would mean a Final Four finally for the first time in 21 years, but, you know, can't be that greedy, I guess. It certainly is going to be interesting to see what happens with Arizona because you just brought up the fact that Coloco probably going to wind up going to the NBA draft. But Dallin Terry, I really think, is the big move that is going to be happening with Arizona because I think we both agree. He was a guy that just did a little bit of everything for them. Master of nothing. Very, very good Swiss Army knife guy, though, all across the board. Was able to give you a little bit of scoring. Was able to throw in there three to four assists. Guy that could guard multiple positions. Gave you some rebounds. Good size. I think that this is one of the most impactful NBA draft decisions out there because things are starting to come to a head with that. We're going to be getting answers with regards to what guys are going to be saying and going with regards to the NBA draft. And I know that Peyton Watson over there at UCLA with regards to Pac-12, he's got another big one. But with regards to Dallin Terry, I think that, 
whether or not he stays at Arizona or if he winds up going pro is really going to be making a big impact as to how the Wildcats looking this upcoming season because they have not necessarily done a lot in the transfer portal as well. So it feels like they're sort of banking on him coming back. Yeah, no, I think I'm not terribly close to it, but the, the people I do talk to, they, I think, expect him to come back. And of course, everybody is hoping that he comes back because he's one of those guys that, you know, he's kind of off the radar and playing third or fourth fiddle this year with what all the guys were doing, you know, I mean, almost everybody had a big part in that team at one point where they were the star, like if it was two Bellas, right, one week, or Matherin or Coloco or what have you. Terry stepped up every once in a while, but I'm thinking with a lot of those guys out, although two Bellas is coming back, I think with those two, it could be Terry's year next year. And probably with the way that he could play in that system, might have a chance to make himself into a lottery pick if he comes back and plays one more year. But of course, you know, it's his decision. Love, obviously, to see him back. I think at this point, it would behoove him to come back because I think he could be quite the superstar next year for Arizona. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I loved what I saw out of Dallin Terry towards the back half of the season, was really able to come up big in many of those games without Kirk Risa as well, which that's going to be a big aspect as to what's going to be happening with Arizona this upcoming season as well. And I mean, even if Dallin Terry doesn't wind up coming back, I'm still going to be relatively high on Arizona because I do think that year number two under Tommy Lloyd, guys wind up having down the system a little bit more. But on top of that, I do think that on the national landscape, Arizona might be even a little bit lesser this year than they were last year just because you do wind up losing Ben Matherin. I'd be very surprised if Christian Coloco winds up coming back. It sounds like he's going to be a first-round pick. I would not blame him for getting his money, staying in the NBA draft, but I just take a look at the Pac-12 in general, and I'm not sure about you, but I just take a look this offseason compared to last offseason, and there just haven't been a lot of moves that have been made by these schools, and I'm just a little bit lower on the conference in general. I don't know if you get the same feel, but I feel like Arizona is right now really the top option in a Pac-12 that has fallen behind a lot of the other power conferences out there in college basketball. Well, that's fine with me, man. Take <laughs> another championship for Arizona, which, by the way, got this uh, Estonian big man. Have you seen this guy? This Henry, I guess it would be Henry or Henry Visar. Who's yep. coming to Arizona. Six foot I mean, ten guy that's able to pop threes. I did see that a couple days ago. Very good. Yeah, I mean, he looks, I mean, six ten. He looks like he'd take the ball to the rack like Magic Johnson used to do in his prime. And so the guy dunk on a few people. I was like, whoa. I think that, look, you could never count out Oregon, right? They're going to be so talented. Washington, I think, will be able to turn it around here sooner rather than later. You know, Arizona will be good. UCLA, both the LA schools are just going to reload. But Andy does their USC. So I, I, you know, I think the Pac-12, Pac-12 is going to be fine. And look, we're only like 18 months away from what they did, you know, two years ago, right? Where they had Oregon State in the Elite Eight and and what they did. So I'm not worried too much about the Pac-12. But I mean, I I do worry about them from winning a championship because it's been a long time, right? It's been since 97. Yeah, Arizona's 97. Yeah, so we were the, we being Arizona were the last ones before that would have been UCLA a year or two prior to that. And it's getting a little alarming that the Blue Bloods are starting to pull away a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be another great year of Pac-12 basketball. Definitely an entertaining year. And it's so interesting that you're bringing that up because I'm someone from the state of Wisconsin. The last time a school from the Big Ten wound up winning a national championship, that would actually be Maryland while they were part of the ACC an actual Big Ten school, Michigan State in 2000. So it's actually been a long time for both of those conferences, which yeah. shows you the dominance of the schools out there in the Big 12 and the and SEC. So remember that. Everybody's got to remember that when they're filling out their brackets next year, that those are two consistencies, right? Stay away from the Big Ten. Stay away from the Pac-12. 
and basically just be, hey, who's the best in the ACC and the SEC <laughs> right now, right? Hey, Big uh, 12. Big 12 and, has yeah, been and able 12. to get yeah. them. Yeah, Big 12. Oh, man, I'm right there with you, though. I just think that it's so interesting that you've got two power conferences like that. They they haven't won titles in 20-plus years, but it certainly is going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting this season. And, Steve, I know that you're doing a great job with regards to play-by-play work, as I mentioned, across all sports. When it comes to college basketball season, you do a nice job over there at ESPN. You mainly call West Coast games for them, and I can always catch you late night with regards to college basketball season there. But on top of that, I mentioned it. You were doing a little bit of indoor football this last weekend. I know that you've been doing a lot of baseball. I know that you do a ton with regards to the school itself, UC San Diego, calling all their games as well. So love to get people at home, know it's all on tap for you, and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Well, I am at SteveQuist1. I'm in the midst of, I go to the West Coast Conference Baseball Tournament uh, starting Wednesday, and that has a potential of being nine games in four days. Just finished up. Big West baseball and indoor football. So I think we're talking 15 games over 12-day period. On Sunday, I'm going to come home off my flight from Sacramento and just collapse here in San Diego and enjoy my Memorial Day weekend. So that's where you can find me. Hopefully you can watch some WCC baseball. I think it's on around the country, like on Stadium and Valley and all that. So check it out. Yep, and college baseball is a lot of fun to be able to watch as well. We're seeing more and more guys get set up to the big leagues right away coming off of college because the level of play has actually really improved in recent years, especially with a lot of guys wanting to get, get COVID years. So a lot of these guys are actually more like 22, 23 years old out there pitching. I just still remember the College World Series last year ended a little bit tragically, but I mean, it certainly was a lot of fun to be able to watch that. And I know that Steve is going to be doing yeah. an amazing job there. And like I mentioned, Steve, a very active man that calls a whole wide variety of sports when it comes to college basketball season. Does a great job holding it down out here on the West Coast. So big thanks to Steve for joining me right here on Coast Coast. Steve's now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a recap as to all the news and notes that we wanted to see in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, 
only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. 
You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Here, love you, Las Vegas, for Ghost Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce, and now part of the Easton Family Podcast. Great to be able to get a little bit of a San Diego and West Coast in general roundup with Steve Quist. He does an absolutely amazing job throughout the season with ESPN doing their play by play work with regards to so many of the games that we wind up seeing out west. And mentioned, I mean, the guy is doing indoor football, guy does a little bit of everything, also does a lot with regards to San Diego trains, UC San Diego. So, Great to be able to get him aboard. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball over the last 24 hours. And we did wind up seeing a trio of guys decide that they're going to be signing with sort of the same agency and deciding to stay in the NBA draft. That'd be Jalen Williams, Christian Brown, along with Jabari Walker. They all are appearing to be with the BDA and WME Sports. I guess you call it affiliation. I am not that very much into the agencies and everything like that, but it does appear that all three of these guys are gone, and I figured that all three of these guys would be. Williams is a guy that, while he was at Santa Clara last year, he was able to put up some big numbers, and he has thrusted himself into the first round of a lot of drafts. You take a look at Brown, and he had himself a very nice year with Kansas. Was really a Swiss Army knife guy. You've got to figure that that is a big reason why they did wind up picking up Kevin McCullough from Texas Tech, because he's pretty much going to be the Christian Brown of this year, as he wound up putting up 14 points, three assists, six and a half rebounds, solid defender, made 38.5% of his threes, just a do-it-all guy at six foot six. so McCuller fits right into that mold. You take a look at Williams and this is going to be a pretty devastating blow for a Santa Clara team that they made the NIT last year. They were a very solid bunch and with Williams, all WCC selection that put up 18 points per contest, really took great strides in all three of his years. When I was at Santa Clara, shot 40% from three, 80% the free fly and was able to roll out the ball as well. 4.2 assists for one of the more high-octane offenses out there in all of college basketball and at six foot six, very good combo player. And you figure Jabari Walker, who is the son of Samaki Walker, was going to be going pro as well with Colorado, which they did wind up getting a pickup of Jalen Gibbon. I'll be talking about that in a minute, but Walker, six foot eight combo player that's able to pop some threes, shot 52% as a freshman. You figured that he was not going to be able to duplicate that. Shot more around 34 and a half this last season, but 14 and a half points, nine and a half rebounds, did an okay job of being able to dish out the ball when needed as well. So, he decided that he was going to be going pro. None of these are necessarily too big of surprises, but you certainly do have to feel for all three of those schools. But Colorado, they are on the attack now that they do know that Walker is going to be out of the fold. Jalen Gibbon, who is a really nice defensive player at Yale last year, is going to be trying to fill those shoes a little bit. Not as much size as Mr. Walker at six foot five was able to be a solid player last season for a Yale team that did make the NCAA tournament. Shot sixty one and a half percent. From inside the three-point arc, 11.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 
Going to need to work on those rebounds a little bit, but did give you a seal and after contest. Not a guy that I think is starter worthy when it comes to the Pac-12. A guy that I think could wind up doing some okay things out there in the Pac-12. I think that he could be a solid role player, someone that comes in off the bench, gives you a little bit of production. Certainly a ways off from what you'd need to be a starter out there in the Pac-12, but I do think that he's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to fill a little bit of a void. We wound up seeing Austin Patterson, who was at Wofford this last season, decide that he's going to be going to Sacramento State and the Hall all that Sacramento State has been able to get this offseason has been absolutely amazing. David Patrick doing some good work here as you did wind up seeing Patterson put up 6.5 points per game last season and really where he came up big, 3-point shooting. 44.5% 3-point shooter. He did wind up seeing 10 starts throughout the season as well. Now, it was a little bit touch and go with regards to the minutes that he did wind up seeing. You take a look at him for the final 14 games of the season was putting up right around a 40% 3-point shooting percentage out there in the SoCon. He did wind up seeing a little bit of a dip in production, but still you take a look at Sacramento State and what they've been able to do, they have certainly added a little bit of size, but now they've got that 3-point shooting to be able to go with it as well. Patrick is trying to take what he wound up learning while he was over there in the Big West and is trying to be able to duplicate that with Sacramento State. As you take a look at the offseason additions that they wanted making, obviously Patterson being the latest of them, but they have did a, a very solid job of being able to beef things up with Kyle McCray down low. He comes in from UC Riverside, a guy that has a lot of familiarity with Patrick. Hunter Marks is a six foot nine combo player. They say he'll pop some threes. Isaiah Lee, a very good defender from UC Irvine. G&I Hunt is someone that was able to put up some numbers at Oregon State. I love what Sacramento State is doing. They are very, very quickly going up my power rankings with regards to the big sky. So big kudos for them. That is a very solid get. Utah Valley is trying to pick up the pieces from losing Fadas Amick, and this is a good place to start. They're going to be poaching one of the guys that wanted torching them within the conference in Taj Small. Six foot five guy that wanted up not playing small as last season. He put up 14 points per contest, five and a half boards. Now his three-point shooting percentage did dip during the 2020-21 season. Shot 45.5% from three, more like 30% this last season. But able to be a nice little combo player is able to give you right around a seal per contest. Part of a Tarleton State team that was one of the best at being a pickpocket last season in Utah Valley. Certainly not quite that, but Taj Small should be able to come in, and I think that he's going to be a relatively solid starter for Utah Valley. And you take a look at what they've been able to do this offseason, losing Amick. I mean, there's just no way that you're able to recover from something like that. A guy that was number two in all of college basketball with regards to rebounds per game, but they do bring in a seven-footer in Aziz but a Dogo who winds up coming in from Akron, that should be able to help them out a little bit along with Small. So these two guys are tr- sort of trying to pick up the pieces by committee of what wound up being left off by Amick. And, and that's not necessarily the worst way to be able to go. So I do like the approach as being taken there. You do wind up seeing Dante Bostic. He last season was playing at Murray State. And he has decided that he is going to be going to CSUN, a.k.a. Cal State Northridge. I mean, things have just been really bad with Cal State Northridge with the whole Mark Godfrey situation and Bostic. Just did not wind up seeing a lot of minutes in general for Murray State this last season. Now, two seasons ago during the 2020-21 season, actually did wind up getting 16 starts. Guy that shot 32% from three was able to chip in their three assists per game. A little bit more of a pass-first guy, but with CSUN, they had no facilitation whatsoever last season, so this is a nice upgrade for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in, starts right away for a CSUN team that I think that they're going to be towards the bottom of the Big West, but this is certainly an upgrade for them. We did wind up seeing one coaching move that was made on Tuesday. That'd be David Raglan. He was spending a long time as an assistant for the Butler Bulldogs, and he has taken the head coaching spot for Evansville, and 
The biggest thing is the Purple Aces did not widen up hiring on Tom Crane, so that is a victory in and of its own right. He was going to be on Thad Mata's staff. He wound up being hired on after he was doing a lot over there at Utah State, so he didn't officially wind up doing anything with Butler. He was more out there on the West Coast, but he actually did quite a bit with regards to more of the Midwest portion of the country, as he was actually doing quite a bit with regards to Valparaiso, the Crusaders, so he is someone that is very well-versed, does a good job knowing the area in general. He actually coached at the junior college level as well in Vincennes, and we've noticed a lot of these Juco guys that they wind up taking over these, we're going to call it what it is, lesser universities. They've been able to have some solid results, and I do think that that is going to be the case here as well. I mean, you take a look at his head coaching tenure, and the only one was with Vincennes, but I mean, an assistant coach at, like I said, Valparaiso, Utah State, Bowling Green, Indiana State, guy is very well-traveled, knows the Midwest very well, so David Raglan, I think is going to be relatively solid, and a guy that knows how to recruit in Evansville, Good gosh almighty, they need it, and they need to play a little bit more up-tempo, and I do think that Raglan, with all of his experience, he is going to be able to get the team to play a little bit faster, and he can't go really much slower than they did the last few years under Todd Licklider. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be leading Evansville to an NCAA tournament or anything like that, but he's not Todd Licklider, and he's not Tom Crean, so that is good news. We do wind up seeing Nigel Peck wind up withdrawing from the NBA draft. You also wind up seeing this with Baylor Shireman. I mean, it's good that they wind up removing themselves from the NBA draft, but we're noticing it with all these guys like Peck, like Baylor Shireman. You're able to throw in their Kendrick Davis. All these guys that announced where they were going to be transferring to, they all have removed their name from the NBA draft until we wind up seeing something to the contrary. I'm assuming all these guys that declared where they're going to be going, they are actually going to be going to that school with Pack. I mean, he's going to be getting that money from Miami. If he would have stayed in the NBA draft, that would have been a massive shot guess. He did wind up shooting 43.5% from three-point range with 17.5 points per game with Kansas State. And Baylor Shireman, no doubt, he winds up making... Creighton right now, perhaps the team to beat out there in the Big East and one of the best teams out there in all of college basketball. I mean, it's big that they're going to be getting them, but until we wind up seeing one of these guys that wind up making one of these announcements decide, oh, I'm actually going to be saying in the NBA draft, I would say just assume that they all are going to be. You wind up seeing Dimitri Runyon. He decided that he was going to be transferring away from the Dons of San Francisco. San Francisco was able to do a very good job of being able to hold on to quite a few of their own, even with Todd Golden leaving the program as you did wind up having Khalil Shabazz wind up returning from last season. So this is still going to be a very full team. And you take a look at what wound up happening last year with Rooney. And I mean, this is someone that he just wound up falling off the map during the 2020-21 season. Was a very solid player for this San Francisco team. Nine and a half points, five and a half rebounds. Shot 37% from three as a six foot nine combo player. His minutes went from 27 per contest to 9.8 per contest. He was just passed up by a lot of the guys that wound up coming into the program. Just a little bit stagnant with him in general, so that wound up hurting him quite a bit. So he decided that he's going to be entering into the portal, and I could really see someone wanting to take a little bit of a shot there, as this is a guy with a little bit of size and three-point shooting ability. Wesley Cardet Jr., a former top 100 recruit that wound up going to Sam Iamford, was a starter last season that was able to give the team eight points, right around four and a half rebounds per game. Didn't necessarily live up to his full billing, but he has decided that he is going to be going to Chicago State. This has to be the most talented player to ever go to Chicago State. And I mean, I joked about Chicago State for so long on this podcast. This is a quality gift for Gerald Gillian, who with his seven wins last season, he vastly overachieved at Chicago State last year. Gerald Gillian actually proved that he could coach a knocked off New Mexico State last year. 
Chicago State, the arrow is trending upward on them. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Don't get me wrong. Don't blind bet Chicago State this upcoming season. And they did wind up losing a couple guys like Brandon Benson is not out of the fold for this team. Corian Russian is not going to be there this upcoming season as well. But, I mean, you wind up bringing in a guy that, according to ESPN's top 100 last year, was in that top 100, a 6'6 combo player that's able to pop a couple threes. Joe Gillian is actually a relatively solid recruiter that I believe that he was a part of the Samford program before he wound up going to Chicago State. Him being able to bring in Carter Jr., that's going to build a little bit of buzz for Chicago State. Very, very good get there, and perhaps a sign of the times that Chicago State not going to be the absolute laughing stuff of college basketball. We will need to attach that to a different school. I'm looking at you, Mississippi Valley State. Deshaun Heiler, he last season was playing at Sacramento State, wound up being able to give the team right around 4.5 points per contest, dealt with a few injuries, only was able to play in 13 games last season. Three-point shooting percentage was not necessarily there. He attempted to shoot some threes, was not necessarily too terrific at it, but was able to be a relatively solid plus defender. He has decided that he is going to be moving on from Sacramento State. Someone who I think in the transfer portal is going to be able to garner a little bit of attention, wound up beginning his career at UTEP, just never really played for them due to injury, and that's a big thing with him. If he's able to stay out there on the floor, and if he able to be healthy. I think that there's a little bit of ability there. He just has never been able to do so. So I'm going to be fascinating to see what winds up happening there. This is one that wound up surprising me a little bit. Antonio Gordon, who a few seasons ago was not just playing at Kansas State, but during the 2020-21 season, he wanted getting 12 starts at Kansas State. I recognize that it wasn't a great Kansas State team, but for that team, put up 5.8 points, 5.8 rebounds per game. I thought that when he decided that he was going to go away from Southeast Louisiana after he had a bad year with them, only 4.5 points, two rebounds per game, he was going to look to just rebuild his stock, maybe go down to the SWAC, MEAC, something like that. He has decided that he is going down to the 91 level at Oklahoma Christian. You don't see it very often where a guy that was starting on a power program team 24 months later is going to be going down to the 91 level, but you see it with Antonio Gordon, and this is very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that Mr. Gordon was at the D1 level last year. He is no longer there. You're able to just cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on, but very strange to say that, to say the least. A guy that I actually thought that he had a little bit of upside while he was with Kansas State a few seasons ago. Very sad to see him having to go down to the non-D1 level. Dimitri Roberts. He last season was playing for St. Thomas Aquinas. That is out there at the NE10. That is a non-Division one school. He has decided that he is going to be going to Fairleigh Dickinson. And they cornered the market on guys from St. Aquinas as Grant Singleton. He is also going to be going there. You take a look at both of these guys. And they were able to do a relatively solid job this last season with Roberts. He was able to chip in there right around 16.5 points per contest. Singleton, Moron, 12.5 rebounds per game. Neither of these guys necessarily did a great job of being able to hit the glass, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue when it comes to both of those guys. But you take a look at the way that they're able to throw out the ball, and I do think that it's going to be intriguing to see how things wind up shaking out from that regard because you did have a guy in Singleton that only wound up shooting about 30% from three-point range, so you got to figure that he's going to need to dole it out a little bit, not a guy that you necessarily want to be trusting in with regards to outside shooting. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you were able to get out of Roberts, and Roberts was a guy that was able to light it up a little bit more from three-point range, shot right around 35.5% from three, 82% at the charity stripe. Both of these guys were able to do a solid job of not turning the ball over a whole heck of a lot. Singleton right around three assists per game. Roberts more around four assists. I think that Roberts could be a little bit more of the better of the two in this deal. I think that Singleton was a little bit of a throw-in with that regard. Roberts was a little bit more highly touted, but that said, I think 
think that both of these guys are going to be able to go into Fairleigh Dickinson and a Fairleigh Dickinson team that they really, really need anything to go their way because it was a bad year last year. These are two guys that they could wind up seeing some minutes and could be a good story for them as we've seen a lot of guys from the non-D1 level go up to the D1 level and being able to have that camaraderie I actually think is a very good thing that Fairleigh Dickinson is going to be trying out this season. Mason Gibson, he was at Oakland this last season, wound up redshirting. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level at Midwestern State. Not a guy that was very highly touted according to 24-7 Sports and not wind up getting a lot of offers and I think that he was actually a little bit of a wrestler as well. I might be completely mistaken on that, but certainly a guy in which did not wind up seeing any playing time whatsoever for Oakland. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the 91 level. And this one is just coming up because this is an incredibly difficult name to say. Farhua Kadu De Duo. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. He was at Abilene Christian this last season. Farhara Karua De Duo. I tried it again. I probably said it incorrectly both times. Average two points, one and a half rebounds per game. He is now at Arkansas Fourth Worth. Thank goodness my handicapping no longer needs to try to pronounce that name. We will leave it at that and we will move on. Joe Petrakis. He last season was at Western Carolina. A little bit of an easier name. He has decided that he is going to be going to Illinois State. Six foot nine combo player. They say will pop a couple threes. And was a starter this last year for Western Carolina. Now Western Carolina, a very, very poopy school. But that said, he wound up attempting five and a half threes per game as a six foot nine combo player. Shot 34.5% from distance. Was able to give the team eight points. 3.2 rebounds per game is going to need a little bit of work. But take a look at Illinois State losing Antonio Reeves this last season and Going through a coaching change as Dan Muller wound up stepping down towards the end of last season. This is a team that they're in a lot of transition now. They have been able to bring in a little bit of talent. Darius Bruford, a double-digit score from Elon, I think is going to be solid. And I did like the pickup of Seneca Knight, 6'6 combo player that while he was at San Jose State a few seasons ago, did some good work. Malachi Poindexter comes in for Virginia. Never could really see minutes at Virginia, but solid player. Colton Sandage, double-digit score from Western Illinois. So this is an Illinois State team that they have completely overhauled everything. Thing. Chemistry is a question, but they've been able to bring in a little bit of talent. So I do think that the arrow trending upward on them a little bit. Arrow trending upward on Oklahoma as well. One of the biggest transfers remaining out there, Grant Sherfield, inside that he is going to be going to Oklahoma. This is an Oklahoma team that prior to Sherfield getting in there, I felt like they needed a piece in order to become an NCAA tournament team. Now I do think that they are one. I think that they're still outside of the top 25. I think that they have some work to do in order to be able to get there just because the Big 12 is just going to be brutal once again. I mean, Baylor is going to be reloaded. Kansas is going to be reloaded. West Virginia has done some very nice things out there in the transfer portal. Texas Tech, we know how fearsome they're going to be. Texas, they've still got Chris Beard. They've still got a lot of talent. So, I mean, the list of great teams goes on and on and on. It's just a grind every single night. Heck, Iowa State, even if Tyree Center winds up not going back to them because he's currently in the transfer portal, they're still going to be solid as well. But I mean, with Sherfield, they're bringing in a walking bucket. 19 points, 6.5 assists. Turn the ball over three times for contest, but that's because I mean, he just had to have the ball in his hands quite a bit. Shot right around 33.5% from three-point range, and Porter Mosher is an absolutely amazing coach. Now, I would be feeling a little bit better about Oklahoma if they were able to hold on to a pair of guys that they lost in the transfer portal in Elijah Harkless along with Umaja Gibson just because Harkless was that sort of do-it-all player, but the Groves brothers are relatively soft for this team. Jalen Hill is someone that was able to give the team right around six rebounds per game. 
if you're able to get a little bit more production out of someone like a C.J. Nolan, who was a freshman and a top one recruit that really didn't wind up making too much of an impact last season, I do think that the arrow is going to be trending upward on them. Speaking of teams out there in the state of Oklahoma, you wind up seeing this gentleman, Josh Early, who last season was playing at Tulsa. He has decided that he is going to be transferring to Southeast Missouri State with Mr. Early. He is a guy that just did not wind up seeing a whole heck of a lot of minutes last season, was able to give the team only about a half a point per contest and really rode the bench for Tulsa in recent seasons. But Southeast Missouri State, they've really taken some losses here in the offseason. And for Southeast Missouri State, I'd like Brad Corny, who was an assistant under Bruce Pearl while he was at Kansas State. But that's at Southeast Missouri State. I think that they're in for a little bit of a long year. They brought in a little bit of talent. They also brought in one of his teammates in Gavin Eekmail, but you're really going to be banking on Aquan Smart, who began his career at Maryland, to be able to pick it up. Kobe Clark is someone that just wanted to probably in the bench in general. Ed Georgetown had a little bit of promise there, but I take a look at Southeast Missouri State, team that played, we're going to call it what it is, zero defense last season, and they're supposed to be a team that they play solid defense, and it's going to be a little bit of an issue for them. So going to be interesting to see what winds up happening there. And then you did wind up seeing Darius McNeil. He decided that he was going to be heading from UTSA, the Meep Meep Roadrunners, and he's going to be going to Troy. And it's just been a long and winding road for McNeil. He had two really good years while he was at Cal during the 2017-18 and 18-19 season. Across two seasons, he was a starter for them. Put up 11 points per contest. Shot 35% from three on six threes per contest. This is out there in the Pac-12. 1.3 seals per game. Didn't really turn the ball for a heck of a lot. Then he went to SMU. Wound up averaging right around 7.5 points per contest. Shot 39% from three. And this year with UTSA, he was just bad. I mean, he started in 22 games. Now, a little bit of this is because ETSA was, we're going to call it what it is, one of the worst teams in all of college basketball, Steve Henson. And he just did not wind up doing a great job over there at UTSA. You take a look at that backcourt, and man, there was just nobody that could dole out the ball on that team whatsoever. But still, you expect a bigger production out of him. Going to Troy, I think, is actually going to be very big because Troy actually played some very solid defense last year. They just weren't able to get a lot going on offense. They did wind up losing Effie Obadiji, who was their top scorer last season. But you can tell that some of these backcourt players, like a Kiefer Punter, like a Desmond Williams, they've got a little bit of upside there. They do need that little bit of an outside force because last year, Troy, they were right around 245th with regards to three-point shooting percentage, was able to do a relatively solid job on the glass. But with regards to backcourt, they just needed a little bit more. This could be that little bit of a jolt to be able to push them up towards the top half of the conference. And hopefully, I'm going to be able to push your bets all the way to number one with regards to being able to make you guys money. We're taking a look at all the news and notes that we're getting in college basketball right now and we're starting to get a little bit of a better idea of how these teams are going to be looking so hopefully within the next few weeks we're able to start up with some of these conference previews of these lower conferences like the America East. The Big South list goes on and on and as we go along do a preview of all 32 conferences and every single D1 team. Depending on what winds up happening with some of these schools like Hartford, we're most likely going to have like 360, 361 D1 teams to be able to evaluate. And I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive on every single team. So if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks once again to Steve Quist, who joined me in the last segment. 
Hopefully you guys are enjoying everything that you're hearing on this podcast. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the offseason. And then once the season starts up, once again, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.